Well, the Kings did it. They won a game. They won a seeding game. Finally, they started 0-3. 0-3, and they beat the Pelicans. And they beat the Pelicans. And it would have been a much bigger game. It would have been a much bigger win if they had just won one. If they won one, yes. If they just won one, one of their previous three games, and none of those games were definite losses. If any of these games were definite losses, or I expected the Kings to lose, it would have been, it would have been one of these. Uh, it would have been the Pelicans game. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for one second. It would have been the Pelicans game. I thought that if you told me. If the Kings are... No, okay, the Mavs. Never mind. But I don't know. Pelicans, there's a little more on the line with the Pelicans. But the Mavs are a tough team. Anyways. One and four. No. One for four. One and three. To start off the seeding games. They're already halfway done with seeding games now. After yesterday's win against the Pelicans. Uh, we look at the standings. They sit two and a half behind Memphis Grizzlies for that eighth seed. That's not that far off. Pelicans sit the same amount of games back. Grizzlies currently, sorry, not Grizzlies. Grizzlies obviously currently in eighth place. Trailblazers in ninth place. They technically have the play-in spot at the moment. But the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns, everybody, 4-0, 4-0 in these seeding games. The Phoenix Suns, tied with the Spurs for 10th slash 11th place, and you got the Kings and Pelicans at 12th slash 13th place, two and a half games back. Suns and Spurs, two games back. I mean, I'm glad they won a day. Luckily, and then on top of the Suns losing, or on top of the Suns winning every game so far. Who would have thunk? Who would have thought that the Suns, the last, they were the last team in the Western Conference coming into this bubble. They were the last team that was, uh, you know, in the bubble that was invited to the bubble they're technically in last place because we're not counting the Timberwolves or Golden State Warriors and look at them they've made the most of, uh, they most they've made the most of their opportunity for and out in the bubble and then the Grizzlies on the other hand 0 and 4 wow the Grizzlies are messing up Big time. Oh, and four. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> they need a win. Ah, 
you're a Grizzlies fan. I don't even know what Grizzlies fans are thinking right now, but I know they're not happy thoughts. That's tough. They play tomorrow, I believe, um, as the Kings do. The Grizzlies play the Thunder tomorrow, and that's no easy win. The Thunder so far are 2-1. and one. They've only played three games so far. They've kind of had they've kind of had it easy. Not a lot of games for them. So yeah, it's not going to be an easy game for the Grizzlies tomorrow. They have a chance of going 0-5. Kings play the Nets. And honestly, when I thought the Kings lost to the Mavs, and yes, we will get to that Mavs game. We will get to all of the games shortly. But when I when I saw the Kings lose to the Mavs, and they started off the the bubble games, the seeding games, 0-3. It was like, it's over. It's over. That's it. They needed to win at least. At, I wanted them to win, too. I thought they could have beat the Spurs. I thought they could have beat the Magic, which, my goodness, they did not even come close to beating the Magic. But then they almost redeemed themselves against the Dallas Mavericks. And if, oh my goodness, there's just so much. There's so much to that game. I mean, we can dive into it right now. Mavs shot 53 free throw attempts. 50 free throw attempts. 31 more free throw attempts than the King shot. What is this like game six? Of the 2002 Western Conference Finals? Come on. That's some shady stuff going on right there. 31 more free throw attempts in a game? That's not even, like, that's a big reason that the Mavs won that game, no doubt. But at the same time, you got Bogey going 1 for 15 one for fifteen, and that la- that his one that one for that one for fifteen to make it one for fifteen. He was zero for fourteen till the like the very last king shot or second to last king shot of the game. He just buries this impossible three. It's, if he went, if he went two, if he went one, one for fourteen. I don't know what he shot in overtime, but if he made one, if he made one shot. In regulation, the Kings would have won because they went into overtime. So if they add one more point on, they win. But no, inconsistency by the man. The Kings did not play well against the Mavs, really. De'Aaron Fox at 28, off of 12 for 27. I mean, that's not that's good. I mean, I'll take it. 12 for 27, still under 50% shooting. Buddy, buddy healed, man. 8 for 20, which isn't awful, but he's 5 for 14 from 3. Stop taking every 3-point look you get. Stop it. Every You see Buddy get the ball in his hands, and he just shoots it. I mean, It's like a catch and shoot where they, they drop a play for Buddy. And it's like, all right, Buddy, you're going to catch the ball. and it's, But it's not even like you're just going to get the ball. Like, you don't have to shoot the ball just because it's a catch-and-shoot scenario. If you're heavily guarded, don't shoot it. And yeah, 
I'm getting frustrated with the guy. I like Buddy. I thought he I thought that contract extension before the season was well deserved. He had an incredible season last year. He shot 20 he scored he was scoring over 20 points a game. He shot like close to 40. I think he hit 42.7% of his threes last year. And there was only room for improvement, but no. There's so many issues and I guess I'm not even going to go on a schedule. I'm just going to keep diving into them. Because his biggest issue, Buddy Heels, is Luke Walton. The biggest issue for Buddy Heels is Luke Walton. And it's so funny because he thinks Luke Walton is like, Buddy, you know Buddy loves Luke Walton because Luke's letting Buddy shoot whenever he wants. Because obviously there are no consequences. You remember last year against the Golden State Warriors when Buddy made, he it was like it was down the Kings were down against the Warriors a good Warriors team too and Buddy hit he pulled up like a deep three and buries it he buries it to bring the Kings within two and you're like I don't I think it was two it was something it was like it was a big three with with not like twenty seconds left on the clock. And everyone's like, whoa, that was, a, that was a really big shot. Bold shot by Buddy. Bold shot, Buddy buries it. Wow, great shot. And then Dave, you see Dave Yeager pull him to the side and just gives it to him. Like, you idiot. You don't shoot that. Not a quality look, right? And I, I, was, I was skeptical. I'm like, okay, he made the shot. He made it. And then, of course, the game ends by the Kings being down by two, I believe. I think they had a two-point deficit. Buddy healed. Passes. He hesitates. He had to open three. Hesitates. And then does some turnaround mid-range jumper that he misses. And it's like, oh, well, if Jaeger didn't chew him out, then Buddy would have pulled the trigger on that open three. It's a little deep, but he just made a deep one right then too. But you know what? And I, you know, I was very critical of Jaeger in that moment. I'm like, okay, Jaeger, cool your jets, dude. It was an open look. This is the modern NBA. People take deep looks. That's how it is. But it's not just that. It's not just taking deep looks. And, and that's what I'm starting to realize now. Because you know, I and, and I'm embarrassed to admit it now, but I was I was for I was for Walton. I was for him. I didn't. I I I didn't give Jaeger the credit he deserved last year because I thought it was all Fox and Buddy. I'm like, they're the leaders of this team. They're going to push us to the future, and I think we need a coach who's not who's going to let them do what they want. And foolish Tony, obviously that's why I'm not a GM, and obviously that's why Vlade shouldn't be either. I get Jaeger and the front office had their issues concerning Marvin Bagley, but for good, good reason. The pick should have been Doncic. We all know that. And I'm and again, I, I, I'm not one. I, I will never dog on Bagley as long as he's a king. I support him. It's, it wasn't his decision to come to Sacramento. I get the dudes made of glass. 
but it's not like he's trying to. It's not like he's trying to. It's not like he's trying to get her and screw over the king. So I, I hate when I hate when hate is directed towards Bagley. It's not his fault. He doesn't want to get hurt. He didn't choose to be drafted over Doncic. All the hate should be going to, towards Vlade. I get the anger. I just think people need to cool their jets towards him. Uh, the anger is being directed towards the wrong person. But going back to Buddy and Jaeger. So we saw Jaeger lay down the law and Walton has just been totally nonchalant. And just like, all right, yeah, I feel like he just goes in. He's like, he's like the cool uncle. It's like, all right, guys. Uh, and, you know, he's chewing on some tobacco or something. He's just like spitting. It's like, all right, guys, yeah, just, just do what you want, you know. You don't have to come to practice today. Just, just you know, just shoot, just shoot around. I just feel like he's just so laid back, and I don't feel like that's an issue for a inexperienced veteran team that is used to winning. And I mean, Walton was—he coached the Warriors, coached in quotes the Warriors when Steve Kerr was out. And he went 39-4 and four with them. And I bet he was laid back because you also have uh, MVP Stephen Curry from the year before. You had Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, one of the greatest teams of all time. So I mean, he, he hasn't been successful as a coach so far, being on the Lakers before this. The only success he had was as an interim, an interim coach for the Warriors. But his style is not working for the Kings, and it really, it really shows with Buddy Heald. It shows so much, and it's just frustrating. I just want to yell at Walton, like Walton, like Buddy. He only got, I think he got how many minutes? He got thirty-one minutes against the Mavs, but yesterday he only got like eleven minutes. He didn't shoot. He didn't shoot much. And when he did, he it didn't drop in. He got 11 minutes yesterday in the win. One for five. And one for four from three. Any turnovers? No. And a minus two. He's just taking such bad looks. He's taking awful looks. And uh, it's got to stop. Buddy is better than this. He needs to stay to a catch-and-shoot mentality. And not just a catch-and-shoot mentality. He needs to stick to a catch-and-shoot mentality because I hate when he tries to force his own shot, a three-point shot, because that's going to be heavily contested and a bad shot. But on top of that, when he is a catch-and-shoot kind of shooter, he needs to only do catch-and-shoots when he's open. I'm going to go... Let me let me read his stats. I'm going to... So, yesterday... 11 minutes, 1 for 5, 1 for 4 from 3. Let me see. Let me pull up his other stats just so I can really hammer down my point. Against the Mavs in the 114-110 loss, Buddy Heald went 8 for 20 with 21 points. But he went 5 for 14 from 3. Stop shooting so many threes, dude. 5 for 14. It's not good. It's not. I don't, I don't care. It's not. It's a terrible percentage. The Magic game, which was just. Don't even get me started on that. Five for 13. Two for seven from three. 
And then the stupid Spurs game, they should have won. They should have won that game. We'll get to that in a second. I'm, I'm angry now just looking at Buddy's stats. Two for 13. Two for 13. One for eight from three. And I guess there are some reports coming out from NBA insiders. I'm not sure who. That saying that Buddy looks out of shape. I don't know. I remember. <laughs> I remember when the NBA was suspended. All I saw Buddy doing. Because I follow Buddy on Instagram, so every every other every other hour, I swear it was just, Buddy Healed uh, has started a live video. And granted, it's suspension. Players can do what they want on their own time. But if he's out of shape going into eight huge games for the Kings, and if he goes in out of shape and he's playing like crap, then yeah. Uh, I, I am going to get upset about that because that's not prepared. That's not You're not being prepared for it. You're not taking this seriously. I'm not sure how true these reports are, and it just it seems that it seems that the report's saying that he appears out of shape. So who knows? Maybe they're just saying that. Maybe they wouldn't be saying that if he was shooting, you know, three for eight from three. And it's better than two for seven. Yeah, I guess. I mean, barely. But... <laughs> You get my point. Buddy just needs to, he needs to step back. He needs to step back. And he needs to, he needs to mature. He needs to mature a lot. He needs to take way better looks. He needs to learn. He, he wants to be the next Kobe. I get it. That's his idol. And you can tell the way he plays. He wants to do everything. But he's not great at everything. So if he wants to be great, buddy, if you want, if you're listening to this podcast for some reason, I'd be blessed if you did listen to it. But if you're listening to this podcast, if you want to be great, stick to the things you're good at and work on the things you're not good at outside of games to get better. Don't work on things you're not good at in games because it's just bringing you and the team down. You're not to create your own shot off the dribble kind of guy. You're not a ball handler. I think Buddy has a very underrated drive to the basket. I think he should be doing that way more than he does. And most importantly, Buddy, don't shoot the ball just because the ball's in your hands. Stop it. <laughs> I really like you, Buddy. I like you a lot. But you're pissing me off. But Buddy's not the only issue. Bogdan Bogdanovich, I kind of touched on him. He's an issue and he's not an issue at the same time. Like I've mentioned before in my podcast, Buddy and Bogey kind of have this fan rivalry. People are in support of Bogdan and some are in support of Buddy. They're both, and again, in quotes, young shooting guards. They've been in the league for four or three years, depending on which one we're talking about. So relatively still young to the league, I should say. But Bogdan is so streaky. Against Spurs, had a great game, 24 points, 8 for 15, 6 for 11 from deep. And it's like when Bogdan has those games, it's hard to lose, so it's surprising we lost to the Spurs. <sighs> and against the Magic, I mean, it's like, and then he just, he's day and night. Bogey is day and night, 4 for 13, that's not, he didn't have a terrible stat line. 12, 4, and 5. 4 rebounds, 5 assists. 2 for 4 from deep. But 4 for 13. 
You don't want your starting shooting guard going four for 13 from the floor. And then again against the Mavs, I know I already said this stat, but one for 15, one for 15 bogey, really? I mean, besides free throws, I mean, fingers have to be pointing at that one for 15 performance, one for eight from three. And again, the one shot he made had little significance. It had some significance, but then the Mavs, of course, they got two more free throws right after that and buried them and basically put the game out of reach. But then yesterday, then Bogdan Bogdanovich yesterday against the New Orleans Pelicans decides to go off, set a career-high 35 points, 13 for 20 from the floor and 6 for 9 from 3, goes 5 for 6 from 3-point land in the first quarter. The Kings yesterday... Said a, uh, they set a career high of 49 points in the first quarter. And that's incredible. A lot due to Bogey. Bogey needs to stay consistent. Yes, I hope the Kings resign him. He will be a little overpaid, but I think everybody in the league at this point is overpaid. I think it said he'll be making around 19 mil a year if the Kings give him his max offer. If Bogey can, I just say if you're gonna remain the starter over Buddy, I'm not. I'm not sure where that's going. Still, I still think Buddy will should be starting if he matures. I think he's the better player. But until Buddy matures, I understand why Bogey's starting. He he needs to stay at like a a sixteen five and three guy. Be happy with that. Twenty mil a year. That's what Barnes is doing. He's making more than that. So. But, you know, yeah, Fox, you know, you expect the big numbers out of Fox and you're going to have to save money for him once his contract comes up in a year or two. But Bogey, just stay consistent. It's hard. It's hard. He had that one bad game and that one close loss and all eyes are pointed at you. But just going, going back to yesterday's game in that big first quarter that we had, and with Bogey's five three-pointers, we scored 49 points in the first franchise record. And we ended the quarter with 77, or sorry, we ended the half with 77 points. 77 points. That's, that's a large chunk. That used to be after three quarters of basketball. I know the NBA is scoring a lot more often, and maybe these bubble games, they're not helping with maybe people's lack of um, conditioning. But the Pelicans, they were right behind the Kings with 70 points at the half. What's the point of scoring 77 points in the half if you're going to give up 70? It it, kind of just, I mean, I get it. You have a seven-point lead. But at that point, it's like, why not just have the score be 57 to 50? It's like, wow, they scored 77. It kind of just takes away from that 77-point outing because it's like okay well you don't even have a double digit lead and they've been terrible in first quarters um first halves and i guess they had a good first quarter but they still gave up 39 points in the first against the spurs pretty sure the spurs went on a 19-0 run in their first quarter um spurs scored 43 in their first quarter against the kings 19-0 run was in there somewhere 
and they they just can't catch up from that. And they did catch up, but and they did take the lead at one point. But imagine if they if it was just like a nineteen to. I mean, they lost by nine, but if it was just like a nineteen to ten run, a nine zero run instead of nineteen, it's a tie game. It's an overtime game. Then you go to the Magic, which is uh, get forty four the next day after giving up forty three in the first. The next game you give up forty four, and it seems that the Kings are always giving up forty point first quarters. It happens all the time. Like, just come out of the gate ready. And even if they don't, it's safe they... And it, it's funny, because it's the reverse. This The reverse thing happens to them as well. It's if the Kings go off in the first half, then they just give up a, the lead in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. And then it's always a close game for the Kings. And it was nice to watch this Pelicans game yesterday, because... It was kind of close, and the Pelicans were kind of trying to mount and come back, but the Kings held them off, and they advanced their lead. And that's something we rarely see as Kings fans, is that the Kings establishing a dominant lead that makes it too hard for the Pelicans to get back into, or any team. It seems that they always either blow a lead, or they're just already, or they give, a, or they uh, get so far behind that they're just playing catch it ball, and then it's just they come back and they fight the whole time, but then they lose by two. That's the king's problem. Stop blowing leads. Stop giving up leads. Either play good basketball all four quarters, or just dominate the whole time. Either keep it close or dominate. Sick of these these huge lead changes. It's exciting. It's exciting watching the Kings come back from a 20-point deficit. But it also sucks watching them lose by five. So, wow, the Kings come within two with three minutes remaining, but then they still lose by five in those games. They're down by 20 at one point. Just keep it close. Stop giving up 40-point first quarters. That's what's, I think, hurting them the most. Like the Mavs, close game against the Mavs, right? And I think they only gave 27 against the Mavs. Let's see. Got my stats in front of me. They give 27 to the Mavs. They give 27, had a 37-point first quarter themselves. So they're up by 10, and they still lose. I, I mean, I get it. Basketball is a game of runs. So I'm never expecting the Kings to like hold on to our first quarter lead forever. But they just never pulled away. They never pulled away, and they ended up losing. Against the Pelicans today, they did have a big first quarter. Pelicans never really... Did get back into it, as I was saying, and that was really nice to see. Just the Kings really cruise to a nice, easy victory for their first win. Good basketball yesterday, and hopefully they can build off of that today. Got the game today against the Nets. I might have said tomorrow earlier that they're playing the Nets tomorrow because I am doing this podcast. I'm just going to give away my strategy. I'm doing this podcast uh, Thursday night right now, but I'm not going to post it till tomorrow. So, sorry if I'm getting confusing here. So, I, I, I'm doing it before the Trailblazers game, too. So, I'm not exactly sure if they're going to win or lose. But I do know if they do win or lose, they'll still be in ninth place. Either, I think, a game back or... Game and a half back at this point. Trouble has been playing well this uh, bubble uh, so far, too. The seeding games. But let's get to today's game. Again, sorry if I was saying tomorrow's game earlier. I don't even remember. 
but I'm just going to throw myself out there and uh, call myself out. So we played the Nets today. <laughs> it could be a big win. It could be a big win. If we beat the Nets and the Net Nets are kind of a weird team. They beat the Bucks. <laughs> they beat the Bucks. They lose to the Celtics. It's like we're what's going on with these guys? They're kind of uh like they're a playoff team, I get it. They're thirty two and thirty six. But it's not it's not like they have their whole team. Let me read you the people that are out for the Nets today. Allen, the center. I think it's Jarrett Allen, not Jared. That's the football player, Jarrett. So Jarrett Allen, he's day-to-day -day with an ankle. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. DeAndre Jordan, he's out. Jamal Crawford, out. Spencer Dinwiddie, out. Prince, out. Uh, Wilson Chandler, out. Kevin Durant, obviously, he's out. Kyrie's out. Michael Beasley's out. And Claxton is out. Like who who's playing for these guys? Who's on this team? It's kind of like, let me see. Let me get their stats in their Celtics loss two days ago. Uh, Jarrett Allen played, so I guess he got hurt in that game. Lavere played. Tyler Johnson, Joe Harris, Lance Thomas, James Anderson's on this team. So is Garrett Temple. And then you have these. Musa, I remember Musa from another team. Hall, something Hall. Jay Martin, C. Chiazza, <laughs> R. Kurux, and T. something. T. Luau, I can't read the whole name. It gets cut off. But my point is, I get the Nets are a playoff team, but with everybody out, they could easily win it. They could win this game. And if they win this game against the Nets and say the Grizzlies lose because they're playing a good OKC team, <laughs> the Grizzlies drop five and the Kings just somehow, somehow just win a game. They win two straight. What if the Kings finish five and three? That'd be awesome. They just go on and win five straight. But anyway, if the Grizzlies win tomorrow or lose tomorrow and the Kings win, that drops them to a game and a half back. And if the Trailblazers end up winning yesterday night slash tonight, I know it's getting confusing. I should have just done this tomorrow morning, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so it, Trailblazers ended up winning last night, and the Grizzlies lose tonight. And the Trailblazers will be tied for eighth place, and the Kings will be a game and a half back. A game and a half! Just a game and a half! And guess what? <laughs> I guess uh, that's why if they beat the Spurs, if they beat the Spurs, if they beat the Magic, if they beat the Maps, if they win one of those games, ah, we would be so much closer right now. I mean, we technically with in, with the uh, the teams in the Western Conference that are in the bubble, we're in, we're tied for last with the Pelicans. If you win one more of those games, you're at least tied with the Spurs and Suns, being two back at this point. And if they win and lose tomorrow, if the Grizzlies lose and the Kings win, you're only one out tomorrow. I get one and a half, still really good, but it's, there's only four games left. 
And so every game means a lot. Grizzlies do have a really tough schedule. And the Pelicans, I thought they had a really easy schedule. But they're uh, they're one in three so far. So anything can happen. Suns, I don't see the Suns going 8-0. What they're on track to do. So if the Kings can beat the Nets. Who else do they play? I know they play the Rockets. Let me just look it up. If the Kings, <laughs> the Kings can even finish four and four, it could get interesting. They play the Nets, the Rockets, not an easy game. They play the Pelicans again, and then they finish off against the Lakers. So Nets, Rockets, Pelicans, Lakers. If they want to stand any kind of chance, they need to win three of their last four, finish four and four. I would love to see them just win all five and somehow take eight seed. It looks like there's going to be a playing game regardless. So. It will be a play-in style tournament. So at least get 8th through ninth. They're still in it, but it pisses me off that they could be even more in it if they if Fox drained that shot at the end of regulation against the Mavericks or the Kings didn't go on a, you know, give up a 19-0 run in the first quarter against the Spurs or the second quarter. It was a quarter against the Spurs. So just frustrating. Buddy and Bogey, I'm calling you out right now. Bogey, you need to be consistent. Buddy, stop making boneheaded plays. But yeah. Hard. Luke, be a better coach. If you say you're going to watch the tape, <laughs> I'll watch the tape, dude. I'm going to watch the tape. It just should never got rid of Jaeger. Walton, just giving you a chance, dude. You got the keys to the, the keys to the car. So why don't you drive straight? Why don't you put some more authority to your coaching style? Because obviously what you're doing now isn't working. I wrote an article the other day. Basically calling out ownership and the front office. And how it starts at VVAC and it just goes down the line. And they're each each player, each each person above the other person is just enabling the person below them. VVAC enables Vlade to hire Walton and make dumb decisions in the front office. And doesn't fire him. It doesn't seem like there's any consequences for Vlade. And then Vlade enables Luke. Because he hires him, and he's like, yeah, dude, just do you. And then Luke, as a coach, enables the players, like Buddy Hill, to make dumb plays. It's like, oh, Buddy, you're you're one for eight today? Like, just keep shooting, dude. You'll make one. And then he ends up like two for 14, like he goes. And so you can even say that Buddy and just the team overall – poor play this season after being a you know kind of an up-and-coming team last year under Jaeger they've taken a huge step back you can you can say it's Vivek's fault I think most fans know this and this isn't any surprise Vivek's been an iffy owner we we love him to the point he saved the Kings from leaving but like really you wanted to cherry pick a guy on offense the whole game you, th you thought that was a good idea? You thought drafting Nick Stauskas was a good idea? 
you think leaving Vlade? And it's hard because I it's like we like Vlade for the things he did on the court, but he's just ruining that legacy by making dumb making dumb decisions. I mean, how much how different would our team be right now if Jaeger's still our coach and Doncic was on our team instead of Bagley? We'd be amazing. We'd be a great team. And accountability accountability needs to be held by Vivek for Vlade. And so that was just kind of a different tangent rant I just went on. But come on, Vivek. It all starts at the top. I don't think Vivek's going to be... <laughs> I don't think he's going to be selling the team anytime soon. So... At least get a new general manager. At least get someone who knows who he's what they're doing. But anyways, the Nets at 2 p.m. today. Tune in. The Kings win. And the Grizzlies lose. The Grizzlies, they play. Let me see. Should have just had this up the whole time. If the Grizzlies... Lose to the Thunder at 1. So the Kings play an hour after the Grizzlies start. The Grizzlies lose. Spurs play at 10 a.m. tomorrow, by the way. And the Pelicans play tomorrow, too. But I don't really care about them as much as the Grizzlies. Grizzlies lose tomorrow. Kings win. Kings are a game and a half out. Kings are a game and a half out of the 8th place seed. The Trailblazers won last night. Like, I don't know, they might have. They might even be tied for 8th place with the Grizzlies if they end up winning. Or if the Grizzlies end up losing. So, big game for the Kings tomorrow. Even though they started off 0-3, they're still in it. They're still right there. They need a big win today against the Nets. They can do it. Big win against the Grizzlies yesterday. Sorry. Oh, my God. I can't talk. Big win against the Pelicans yesterday. Let's get this win today at 2. Uh, be sure to follow... Cap City Crown on Twitter at Cap City Crown One, Instagram, Instagram at Cap City Crown. I'd uh, love to hear your feedback and comments in the comment section below this post. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Tony from Cap City Crown. Until next time, and go Kings. <laughs>